So welcome to another show, guys. Today we have Brooke Dukes, who's an executive consultant and coach. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So first question is, then, how do you help people? How do you coach them and how do you consult with them to provide value to them? Well, there's it's, there's a few different ways. So one of the ways that I do that is through one-on-one coaching. So the people that I primarily work with have been in, you know, executive positions, leadership positions, they're entrepreneurs, and they're really at a crossroads. So they've gotten to a level of success where they've, they're looking around and saying, you know, is this all there is? Because especially in America, we're taught that success, happiness follows success, when the reality of it is, it's the opposite way around. So what I do is I work with people to determine, all right, what's holding them back, right? Then really looking at what lights them up. What do they love to do? Then really seeing, okay, having that information, how is something, how can we package all of your experience, whether you're staying in corporate role and you want to move up the ladder or you want to start your own business, how can we package that experience to help you to reach your goals? Right. And we set a vision and we do a strategy and everything is very tailored and customized to our clients. I also work with small businesses, um, culture, leadership, and then we have mastermind groups. We have events. So there's a lot of different ways that we interact with our community. So I just want to touch on the point that you made there with regards to, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but people from a corporate environment, they've been on this hamster wheel for a number of years and they've reached this point asking themselves, well, is this is this it? Is this what I've been working towards for all of these years? And maybe coming to a, a realisation that they've been on the wrong path for the last five or 10 years. And actually the gifts that they have, the talents that they have and the passions that they have aren't something that they are currently doing. Is that is that fair to say? It could be, yeah. So a lot of times they'll look at it and say, you know, I'm just not feeling fulfilled. I thought I would feel a particular way when I reach this level of success and I don't. I've sacrificed family. I've sacrificed my health. And a lot of times they're not feeling good, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, their relationships have suffered and they don't know what to do. They don't know, is it Do I need to do something else? Do I need to just focus on personal while I'm handling this? And and they're afraid because they typically have reached a level of financial security and they don't want to give that up. They don't want to give up everything that they worked so hard for, but they just don't know what to do. Yeah, I love the the word that you mentioned or or the points that you made there in terms of sacrificed friends, sacrificed family, sacrificed health. Because I'm in the belief that there is like a wheel of life where you have career, you have health you have friendships you have hobbies you have interests etc etc educational goals and what many people feel is that success is just in that business career and financial trifle you know um slice of the pizza essentially but they're missing out or sacrificing everything else for that pursuit of that goal now you can say well actually to get mastery in that particular area you sometimes have to give things up but is that is that for you where the lack of fulfillment comes from because they are giving up their hobbies and interests and time with family and friends when actually they maybe need to rebalance things to allow for at least some of everything to be involved 
um, to give them the more balanced lifestyle, let's let's say. Absolutely. And there's a great book on this. It's um, First Things First by Dale Carnegie. And he he relays a story that a professor told to his class. And he showed a mason jar and the mason jar was filled with rocks. And he asked his class, is this jar full? And the class said, yes. And then he poured in some gravel to fill in those holes. Then he poured in some sand. Then he poured in some water. And so the point of that is showing that really you have to, if you think of those rocks as the important things, well, what are the important things in your life? The important things are your family, your health, right? Your, your spirituality, all the things that when you're 80 years old and you're looking back, the things that you're really going to be proud of, you're not going to say, you know, ah, oh, I really wish I worked harder. No, you're going to say, I wish I had better relationships or what have you. So the point is, if you fill up your jar, if you prioritize things with like the sand, the unimportant things, they might be urgent, but they're unimportant in your life. The things like making that meeting or making that, you know, next promotion, you fill your mason jar up with sand, there's no room for the important things. So it's really important. And that's one of the things that we really work on is what is it? What is it that's important to you? Yeah. Most of the times they're not going to say, right. It's the, the money, the, this, the, that, no, those are just byproducts of you really prioritizing what's important to you in your life and you're happy and you're fulfilled. Then the success comes, then the promotions, then the money, all of that comes as a byproduct of prioritizing the right things in your life. Yeah, a lot of the time people aren't honest with themselves, I find, because um, I also work as a coach, and they say, well, I want the money, the fame, but is that really what they want? A lot of the time, people just want an average job, and they can spend time with their family and, and, and friends. And if they are honest about to themselves about what they want, they can then make the actionable steps in, in order to get there, because it's sometimes a case of the man-made stuff, the economy, the the the, the houses, the cars that people chase, but it's actually the, as you said a minute ago, it's the spirituality, the relationships. It's not man-made. It's it's evergreen. It's perennial. It's those things there that last forever. Um, do you find that's the case that people, before they speak to the likes of you or someone else, they there is that dichotomy and lack of honesty with themselves as to what they really want. And it's up to you as a coach to draw out the real reasons why they do what they do. Exactly, because they'll, yeah, a lot of times what I find too is they're not honest with themselves and they will say, no, my family is a priority. My, you know, my spirituality, my health is a priority. But if you look at their actions, how are they behaving? Well, no, what they're giving the majority of their time to the things that they say aren't important to them because unconsciously they believe that that success, that promotion, the significance, the recognition is going to make them happy. And it doesn't. And that's when they find at some point in their life, I find it's typically around, you know, 38 to 55, when they have reached a particular level, they've had a number of experiences and they're like, ah, what, like now what? 
because it is. So it is that part of being honest with yourself, right? And really looking at what is it that I truly believe? Because the foundation of everything is beliefs, right? So what do you believe that's going to make you happy? And then really helping them if it, they don't truly believe that it is family, that it is this, that that will make them successful, then it's tweaking that a bit, helping them to realize and understand what it is that's going to help them to reach their visions. Definitely. It's it's a case of perspectives determine behavior. I used the example before of Santa Claus. You know, when you were a kid, you believed in Santa and that dictates your behavior of going to bed on time and um, leaving out a stocking, putting down carrots and mince pies and milk for Santa and, and speaking up the chimney. But when you realize he's not real, your behavior changes. And that's just a perspective shift, isn't it? As much as anything else. How do you go about helping people change that perspective? Is it, do, do you ask some questions? Do you set out a, a plan for them? Because a lot of the time people, I find anyway, get to a midlife crisis because they, 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 end up asking themselves, how did I get here? I didn't make a plan to get here. I've just, you know, meandered along the river. And now I'm at a place where I don't really enjoy this. How do you help people to get beyond that? Well, there's a couple answers to that. The first is helping people to first recognize that situation, circumstances, it's all an illusion. To your point, it's all based on perspective. So I, in fact, when we were writing the book, I thought of an example that we put in. You have two families that are at the park, or you have two people that are at the park. They're both watching the same scene. One person is watching a scene and the parents are playing with a child, maybe four or five years old, with a German shepherd. And the, that person says, look at that, that's amazing. Like, I love seeing families be together, right? They have a family pet, right? They're spending quality time together. What great parents. You have another person that's watching the same scene. They're thinking, I can't believe that these parents are doing that. How are they letting that small child play with that dangerous animal, right? That child could be mauled at any time. They need to be turned into social services. Same scenario, they're looking at the same thing, yet they're coming out with two different perspectives about it because person number one had a large dog as a child and it was some of the fondest memories. Person number two was attacked by a dog, right? So they look at it very differently. So really getting people to understand just because you see something in a particular way, it's based on your beliefs, your values, your past experiences, Maybe the past experiences of your relatives, right? If you think, if you believe in epigenetics, it could be even lifetimes, you know, generations ago. That all, as you're taking in a scene, your brain has to assimilate that information and tell you what to think about it. So really helping people. So getting to the second part of your question, we dig deep on what do you believe? What are your beliefs? What are your values? Right. Well, what do you what are the beliefs that are standing in your way? Because sometimes I would say 75 percent of the time my clients have beliefs they didn't even know they had and they're not even theirs and they do not align with who they are or where they want to go. So then we've got to switch those beliefs. OK, we know this belief is standing in your way. What's the counter belief for that? What do you need to believe? 
what do you need to value? Well, we went back to, you know, priorities and balancing time. Well, right now, you based on your actions, it shows me that you value work. You don't value family. We know that. That's not what you believe. So how do we switch that? So it's really getting to, uh, from an unconscious, conscious perspective, what is it? What, who are they? Where are they now? What's holding them back? What do they need to believe? What do they need to value? Who do they need to become as a person in order to reach the visions that they want to achieve? So that yeah. was a really long answer. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's good. It's good. That's what you want. You want people to, to come and bring 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 information and, and go on these little rants. That's that's exactly the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? But it's, it's funny you say that about the perspective change and the the way that people think. Because inherently, deep down, we know what the right way to think is. But we, for some reason, as you said, experiences, whether it's the limited beliefs of parents, friends, family, society in general, the media, we get into this little rut. And sometimes, speaking to someone like yourself who is a coach, is it that reset that they need to, to actually understand, if you were a mirror, looking at themselves, themselves in a mirror, seeing actually what their beliefs are what their values are and you being able to reflect that back to them in a way that sees real change moving forward yeah it's awareness because like anything else we know when we're in the middle of something especially we're talking about these people that are at a crossroads in their life going okay what's now i'm unfulfilled i'm unhappy i feel stuck i don't know what to do it's very hard to see clearly it's very hard to see yourself your circumstance all of that so you really need someone else to come in to help you to have that awareness. But then that's not enough because sometimes that's where people leave them just with the awareness, which can make you feel worse than when you started out because now you're aware of everything that's wrong, but you have no idea what to do with it. So the big part of it then is determining what's the plan, right? What is our strategy to become someone that can accomplish this? What are the actions we need to take? on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in order to be moving towards those visions. And not just a vision, to your point earlier, of success, of profession, but what is your vision of what you what your family looks like? The feelings that you want to have. How do you want to feel when you're with your family, when you're in your career, when you're doing your job? What does that look like? So it's much broader than, okay, I wanna make a million dollars a year by 2025 all right, now what? <laughs> There's a lot of steps in between probably where you are and where that is. And is that going to be enough? No, the money's never enough. Money's not good. It's not bad. It's just a vehicle. All money does is amplify who you are right now. If you're a jerk right now, it's going to amplify that. If you're a great person right now, it's going to amplify that. It doesn't have any power. You've got to do the work first. I've got a question actually, because I'll be interested in your your take and your experience on this what do you notice are the sort of common differences between males and females i know you predominantly work with females now but you have worked with males in the past if i remember rightly and then also people at different levels of hierarchy so those that are just doing a mundane job and they want to change their mindset to improve or those people who are middle of the road and find the life boring or those that are at the top as you said but find that unfulfilling have you noticed there are some similarities or some key distinctions between 
the mindset of those individuals? Yeah, let, let's talk male, female first. Um, I would say across the board, whether successful, not successful, there's some commonalities between how women feel and how men feel. And it is different, right? If you just take, for instance, use the example, so, you know, they're both a male and a female are going for the same, the same position or right? the same role. They approach it very differently. Men have no problem. They, their belief is, of course, whether they have experience in it or not, right? Whether they have exactly what that role needs, they have confidence that they can do it, that they are the right person for the job. They have no problem asking for it. They have no problem talking about their past accomplishments. They have no problem saying, here's what I'll do. I'm that right person. I mean, they are, they can sell themselves, right? A woman, it is a very, it's a very different scenario. A lot of times I find that women, they don't ask for what they want. They feel like hard work is just enough. That they're going to see that I am worthy of this and they're going to promote me. Well, it does hard work's not, that's not enough, right? They also, they, women tend to downplay their accomplishments instead of promote them and maybe even exaggerate them, Right. They don't want to, if you're looking for, you know, a raise, men will ask for a raise much faster and much easier with a lot less pain than a woman will. So it's really helping regardless of their status financially or career path. It's really helping women to understand what is your value? You are valuable. You need a seat at the table. You deserve a seat at the table. Some of them are like, I can't even get into the room. How mm-hmm. am I going to get a seat at the table? Yeah. So it's really showing them that, right? It's that confidence piece of it. With men, it's working on a whole, it's working on a completely different side of things because it is very different. Yeah. I think for 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 women, as you said, men typically have that inner confidence. They are more disagreeable by nature, which means that they are more likely to challenge authority and raise that promote or, or push that promotion. And even women, for example, again, from my experience, even some of the most beautiful women you'll ever see have low self-esteem for some reason. And it's like, well, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? You know, do you not understand the, as you said about value? And it's, for me, self-esteem is a, a relative to what your value is. If you're high in self-esteem, you see yourself as as valuable as you are or more valuable than you are. Whereas if you're low in self-esteem, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's, you know, you you don't see yourself as as valuable. So do you think it's a self-esteem issue as as to men v women, or is it something a little bit more uh, ingrained or deep? I think it's both. So what I find, because self-esteem and confidence, you can have high... Of, you know, be very confident and have low self-esteem, right? So I feel like men or women, the self-esteem, it, that really depends on a lot of it. It's not necessarily a male-female confidence. I feel more men are confident than more women. When I When we're speaking to groups and we ask the challenges, now maybe it could be too that men don't want to say they're not confident. Women are more vulnerable and they will do that. I don't see it that way. And I've worked 30 years in this industry. I've primarily now started working with women because I see that piece of it. I see the confidence piece of it. I see the differences. 
And men will help other men. Men will mentor other men. Women don't do that, right? It's a good point. Any woman who has worked for a female boss, nine times out of 10, it was less than pleasurable. And that, in, in defense of that female boss, there's there aren't as many spots at the top for women as there are for men. That's true. So they want to, they're competing with that other female, recognizing that there's fewer spots up there for them. So they're not helping each other out. And that is one of the reasons why over the last two years, I've changed my practice over to predominantly work with women because women need to empower each other. We are, you know, we're the strongest creatures on the planet. We create life. And yet we are struggling. We are struggling to, we can't even help each other. How, you know, if we don't support each other, how can we expect anyone else to support us? If we don't see our own value, how can we expect anyone else to see our value? That's true. You touched on it as well. The second part of the question was male v's females, and the second part was the 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 difference between top women and bottom women, and, and same with men. You mentioned the the woman who is a manager, etc. So, can you then talk about how the mindset differs between those, as, as we said, who are maybe lower rungs of the hierarchy and those at the top? What sort of differences or similarities? Do you notice uh, in that realm? One of the things I would see, so someone who's climbing the ladder, right? They will be still in that mindset of, well, once I get there, right? Once I get to the top or whatever level they're trying to get to, all my problems are going to be over, right? So it's a different conversation at the beginning when you're supporting someone to get to some levels that's a different mindset. It's a different perspective. It's a different conversation. Still getting them to the point of that's not the case, right? It's not about, you know, it's about enjoying the journey, becoming happy as you're progressing, that whole becoming process. When you're talking to someone who's already made it, they already get, hmm, yeah, I'm here and I'm not, I'm not experiencing all of this greatness and happiness and fulfillment that I thought I would. What's up with that? Like what else? So it's still the end goal is still the same, but the initial conversations are much different because their perspectives are different. So what type of questions, obviously, you know, when when people have got a perspective and let's say they can't necessarily speak to a coach or they haven't got access to anyone, what sort of questions could they ask themselves to help or um, what statements could they use to, to tell themselves to help change their own perspective? And that's a really good point because it's all about questions, right? Questions are what change our perspective. And every, ask yourself good questions, right? And also think as you're doing, so questions can be, what is it? Like really think about at my happiest, what does that look like? How am I feeling? What is my body posture? What, who am I with? Like really get very clear on when you feel the happiest. And then looking at that helps you to determine what your priorities need to be. That helps you to determine where you need to focus on that, right? And looking at so many people that are unfulfilled, they blame their circumstances. Well, that's not the case. Right, really helping people to change their mindset on 
looking at challenges as an opportunity. Because the moment that the one of the things that we work on, you know, after looking at, you know, what are the things that are standing in someone's way? What are the things that light them up? What really, what are their priorities, right? Well, then we look at vision. What do you want to accomplish? Because most people, they'll make it very vague. They'll, or they don't even have one. Because if you're not future focused, it's very hard to put out a vision, right? In a vision, a lot of people will also make it more like a mission statement. I want to help the world to be happy. I want, you know, all of these really soft, fuzzy, feel good statements. It's not a vision because the mind is a cybernetic mechanism. It needs a target, right? So I help them to get very clear. You want a measurable target yeah. because if you don't choose it. Your mind's going to pick one from someone else who is more certain and more focused on their vision that is in your circle. So you could be going in the wrong direction and not even understanding that. So those are the questions that you wanna ask yourself. What is it that makes me truly happy and fulfilled? What does that look like? Based on that, what is it that I really want in my life? What is that want, what do I, you know, is it a relationship? If you're not in a relationship, you know, I'll get a lot of times, especially when they're looking at finding a partner, it's all the physical attributes. Well, you really don't care. That doesn't really matter because if you feel a particular way, it doesn't matter what the person looks like because you feel that way. We've all been with people, right? That they, to your point, they were the best looking people. Like you're like, my God, have you looked in a mirror? But they were insecure. They were, you know, they were cynical. They were even combat, you know, they had all their guards up. And what might have been in our mind, this beautiful person, they became less beautiful because of what was the way that they were acting, right? Where you've also been with someone that very attractive, everyone's beautiful in their own right. But from your, your perspective, they maybe weren't as attractive, but because of that self-esteem, that confidence, that belief in themselves, they made you feel better 10 times better than that other person that was quote unquote beautiful. So really looking at the feelings of things and not necessarily to your point earlier, the whole physicality of everything. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not what happens to you, is it? It's how you view things. It's important. And to your point that, Oh, it's my circumstances. Okay. Well, let's take that. Let's say that the circumstances, okay. If you don't like your circumstances, you can change them first and foremost. And two, your circumstances probably aren't as bad as you think they are because every part of your circumstance, someone else is jealous of. You know, you might be in a relationship or have a full head of hair. You might have your own car. You might have your own house. You might have a job. You might be in good health. You might have two legs. You can actually walk. Someone is jealous of all of those things. And if you can't appreciate those and you can't have gratitude for those, it does that put you in a negative mindset that then affects your future decisions? Absolutely. And what we talked about before, right? It's all an illusion. Circumstances are all based on the perspective of the person that's seeing them. So if it's all illusion and it's all a story, why not make up a story that's going to move you in the right direction, give you that positive attitude to help you to move forward? So if you look at every circumstance as an opportunity to grow, okay, this was put in my path, 
because I need to learn this, this, and this to become this type of person to move me closer to my visions. Then you're always looking for opportunities instead of this is the worst thing ever, playing the victim. It stalls you. You don't, because here's the other thing. If you don't learn the lesson, it'll come back around. (laughs) So do yourself a favor, do the work right then. Sure, have a pity party for a minute, right? I always say when we're a coach, it's like, you have an hour. Work it out and let's move on, right? Like, do all of that and then move forward. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a case of, even if you mis- make a mistake, you've, if you've learned something from that, it's a win. It's a win-win situation. And there are the, the same kinds of people who are scared of mistakes and scared of things that might go wrong. And sometimes the same people who want to be the world champion boxer, but the world champion boxer has been punched in the face more times than me or you, but they are still the world champion boxer. So in order to get there, is it sometimes a case of, well, you need to get punched in the face a lot of times for, for you to then learn those lessons to get to a point where you can avoid those punches? Yep. Because I would rather be a person that has failed 25 times or more and gotten to a destination than someone who got to a destination never failed right out of the gate. Because the person that learned from it failed all of those times. They have so much more information. They have so much more learning lessons and they've reached a higher vision than the person that never took any chances. They're afraid to fail. All of that. I mean, that's huge. Fear of failure is real. It just paralyzes people. They're afraid to make a decision. They're afraid to do anything because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to be embarrassed. It's all that. If I look good on the outside, then nothing else matters. I might be falling apart and, you know, on the inside, but if the outside looks good, I'm okay. Yeah. It's like I shared a um, a quote the other day or something along the lines of, we are remembered for what we've been through, not for what we've avoided. I love that. Because, you know, we have, all the best people in history are remembered for the stuff that they've been through. You mentioned, because I think this is a really good point, actually. You mentioned the fear of failure. Which of the major fears, so fear of failure, imposter syndrome, fear of success, fear of being judged, all those major ones, I'm sure you're aware of all of them. Which of those do you think is the worst um, in terms of the hardest to change? Well, the number one fear of everyone, there is one fear. That's the number one fear of everyone on the planet. And that's the fear of the unknown. So regardless of what you're trying to accomplish, if you can really look at, okay, what's the worst case scenario here, right? What happens if you go forward, you make a decision to move forward, you push past your fear. What can, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? And then what's going to happen if you do nothing, right? So what you're, and you get very, very specific on that, right? Because what you're doing is you're training your unconscious mind to look at it and to take some of that fear away because you've already experienced it because the mind doesn't know the difference between what's imagined, vividly imagined, and what's real. 
So if you can take yourself to that worst place scenario, your mind then it takes the impact away from it because you've already, you've really already experienced it and you lived through it. So it makes it easier for people to then be able to move forward and to get them on stock, right? Because we we have to make a decision, good or bad. The worst thing you can do is sit there and not make a decision. We're not wired that way. We're yeah. wired to make a decision, make a quick decision, take in all the information that we have and quickly make a decision and change course as needed. That's how we're wired. That's the best way to be able to accomplish anything. Yeah, I love the point that you made about the the thing, the things that could go well or the things that maybe won't go well. And for most people, they actually focus on the things that could go wrong. And what they should be focused on is the things that could go right. So if you, so you have two people, one, well, both of them are going to start a business. One viewed the things that could go well. Oh, what if I'm going to make this much money and see all these clients and um, really enjoy my work for once, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, versus the person that thinks about the money I'm going to lose or I'm putting my my life on the line, et cetera. Which of those do you think is going to start the business? And the point of this is not that the person who thinks in a positive way is always going to be successful. It makes them actually act, doesn't it? I think that's the point you're trying to make. You actually act. And then you can, again, as you said, adjust the course when necessary. Oh, okay, I've, I've moved down this path. Maybe it wasn't right. Okay, what's this little B road that we need to go down? How do you help people to focus on the positives rather than the negatives in their in their situation? Well, there's a lot of focus, right? And so anything that you focus on, thoughts create. You create in your world. So really walking them down a path of the things I do, one thing, it's, you know, 10 pivotal moments in someone's life. And I ask them to walk through some instances where they had to make a decision and they know that decision changed the course of their life. And so we look at those and we look at what were you focused on when you made this decision? Because of this decision, what did you now desire? because of that, who did you become or begin to become because of that decision? And it gets them looking at when they focus on the negative, that's what they bring into their life. When they focused on the positive, that's what they brought in. So it's not about being, you know, you have to be so diligent and never let a negative thought in your mind. No, that'll make you crazy. 51% of the time, if you can train your brain to focus on what you want, to focus on that vision, that measurable target on the positive, you will accomplish, <clears throat> excuse me, the goals that you want to in life. It's just 51% of the time. And that's why quieting the mind, that's why meditation is so amazing, right? It's not about, meditation is about clearing the mind out. There's no way to do that. But it's about slowing the thoughts down so that you can choose which ones support you and which ones do not. The people that are on that hamster wheel where their mind is just racing and it's here and it's here, that is a very chaotic place to be. And it's very hard for you to accomplish what you want when you're in that state. So you want to relax. That's why breathing, meditation, all of those things that help you to get into that optimal state where you're slowing your thoughts 
And you can clearly then focus on what it is that you want, what it is that you want to bring into your life. So, you know, obviously you've mentioned a lot of points thus far. Are these the sort of points that are going to be in your book that's out in what, July time, is it? It is, yes, they are. Absolutely. So the point of the book is really a lot of what this interview has been about. The awareness, helping people realize where are they, what's holding them back, what do they want, right? What's their purpose? How do they really create the life that they want to live and have a plan to get there? So what's the book called and is it what is it broken down into different chapters? What other sort of key takeaways? Yeah, it's 12 chapters. Um, we're still working on the name. I believe it's going to be Is This All There Is? But we still we have a little focus group on that. Um, it will be, there will be um, some takeaways. There'll be thing, action steps to take at the end of each chapter, right? So we really want to help people to understand they need, there is a way to create the life that they desire, right? It's about getting unstuck, making a decision, just fundamental things that are going to affect your life personally and professionally. Okay, so you've got you've got the book coming out in July. You obviously do one to one coaching, as you mentioned, uh, primarily for women, but also are you still taking on male clients as well? I'm not at this at this moment, but we are bringing on other coaches. Okay. Um, we also offer a mastermind group because I only take on a limited amount of one to one coaches. There's only so much of me. Yeah. Um, we have a mastermind group, a community where it is, you know, an hour call with you know a group it's accountability it's training videos resources all of that women working together and then also we'll have an event called ice ice that is inspire connect and empower it's an event in austin texas in november so how can people uh, come to the event do they need to buy tickets or is it an invite situation it will be there will be buying tickets so we will start um, probably marketing that mid-may um it will be on my website brookmdukes.com it will also be all over social media you can find me on linkedin at brook dukes so what what's what's the expectation with the event is it break-off groups what what's the sort of um process behind the day let's say so what we're going to do is on a Friday, um, people are going to come in. There's going to be a welcome reception. There will be training all day on Saturday. It's really going to be a lot of what we talked about today, right? It's mindset. It's understanding, you know, your purpose. It's vision. It's all of those things that we talked about to set people up to really be able to hit the ground running after the event, we then at noon on Sunday is when we'll depart. And then there's going to be a six week program that is integration because as people know if you've ever been to an event, you go, you, you know, even if you loved it and you took pages and pages of notes, typically after one to two months, you're going back and you're doing everything you used to do. You didn't integrate one of it. It's because we need to integrate, right? Commitment and consistency to really be able to make that skill set a habit. And so that will be an integration program after the event that will also be offered. Okay, perfect. So you've got three or four different 
sort of events coming up. Uh, you've mentioned your Instagram handle, which, which is fine. So I want to ask you one question because we did speak about this off air last time. The inner voice. Can you shed your sort of opinion on the inner voice and how it's important to to understand that? Yeah, I mean, just well, your inner voice it guides your thoughts. Right. So if your inner voice, because it's it's typically our, our harshest critic, um, very few of us have trained that inner voice to be our cheerleader. Right. Normally, our inner voice is looking back at our past experiences. It's really trying to protect us from being embarrassed, all of those things. And it is beating us down. So what then do we focus on? We focused on what could go wrong, how we could embarrass be embarrassed, how we could fail, all of that. The inner voice, and thank you for asking that, is so very important. You have to have positive self-talk. You've got to be just that if you don't value yourself, no one else will. If you don't have unconditional love for yourself, how are you going to have it for anyone else? It starts with that inner critic, that inner voice. Really training. And again, it's that 51% of the time, we're all not always going to be saying beautiful, wonderful things about ourselves to, to ourselves. And really trying to build that habit to support ourselves when, you know, having an outcome during at this podcast, you know, beginning this podcast, we got together and we had an outcome for it. Anything that you do, a conversation, have an outcome in mind, always have an outcome and then have that inner voice really focus on that outcome. And I always train people have a mantra. Whatever that is, if you start getting, you know, out of state and you're starting to get anxiety and you're starting to sweat and all the stuff that happens when you're out of state, have a mantra that you can just go to. Mine is, you got this, right? And I'll squeeze my hands together to align my mind and my body. And I will say to myself, if I'm around people or if I'm by myself, I will say, you got this. And it helps to align everything and it snaps the inner critic back into place so that they start focusing on what's the outcome and supporting me and getting there. If it's even if you look at like elite athletes, they all say, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. They give themselves positive self-talk. They visualize winning the race. And it's not that just visualizing alone is going to win the race. It puts them in a positive mind frame because what's the point? Let's, let's use a, a fighting example. What's the point in you going into a ring expecting being beaten? It doesn't do anything for your performance, does it? Whereas if you go in thinking you're going to win, you will likely perform in a in a better way just just yeah. by thinking like that alone. And with the self-talk as well, that elevates your vibrations and all that. It just it's night and day, isn't it, between the two. Is there anything that we've not discussed that you feel that you really want to get across in terms of a message or about the work you're doing to help others? Um, just one thing on that last one thing that I it just hits home the point on how important our thoughts are. There's been so many studies that they have done on people and they've had test groups. One test group was physically, let's just say that they were playing, you know, a sport they're playing, you know, basketball and they would practice every day, right? The other group was thinking about playing basketball. What they found was the group that was thinking about it did as well as the people that physically trained, if not better. So it's so very important that for everything that we want to do, we visualize it and we do as much mentally as we do physically. 
Yeah, there's a, a great book on that, actually, by Lanny Bassum, uh, with Winning in Mind. He's a, an archer, and he used to visualise um, every day. And I've actually got the book because I read it because I'm into, obviously, I'm a coach and I'm into all this sort of stuff. And I do judo, which is a like a wrestling-style martial art. And I got the book because it really helped me to improve my own performance. Because even if you work, as you all know yourself, even if you work in this industry and you're doing these things day in, day out, you're writing books, you still need to keep consuming this information because you need to keep drilling stuff into your mind. You learn something new every day. I've learned some stuff from you today. And that then changes my perspective moving forward. Absolutely. And it's like a revolving door situation. And we just need to be on an upward spiral as opposed to a downward spiral. What what are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely love that. I mean, you have to, that's what keeps us vibrant and alive is growing, constantly reading and educating ourselves. And, you know, it gives us purpose. It keeps that fire going in our brain, right? And so everyone should want to be an expert in whatever they want to accomplish in life, right? You and I are coaches. We have to continue to read on psychology, on the mind, and on, you know, all of the new things that are coming out. Because even if it may not be a new concept, it could be said in a different way that sparks something different in your mind and helps you to implement it in a completely new way. So it's so very important. None of us ever know everything there is to know in any field that we're in. Love it. It's like you said earlier, actually, with questions reframe the mind. And sometimes it's someone has said, well, X, Y, and Z, and they've asked a question. And you thought, oh, I never really thought of it in that way. And as you said, it's given you a completely shift, different shift in perspective, which has then affected all of your future thoughts moving forward. Absolutely. Because if you've ever, have you ever read a book? And it you you knew you read it before, but then you go to read it three years later. Like, it seems different. Like, I don't remember. Well, it's because with every thought that goes through your mind, you're different. With every thought you accept, right, you're different. So you see your perspective changes, right? And so you view the book. You understand the information differently. Maybe you glazed over something that didn't pertain to you two years ago that does now. So we're different every moment of every day we're changing and evolving. Yeah. It's like if a hundred people walk into a room, they'll all pick up different, something different. Some will look at the wallpaper or the color of the, the rug or the seat in the corner. And some people might look at the people in the room, the dress sense, the the social dynamics, whatever it's going to be. And what you're saying then is, if you go in with the right perspective, you are more likely to see the right things. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not set yourself up for success? Having a negative perspective on something is never going to help. It's not. Yeah. Having the perspective of, okay, yeah, this is not pleasant. I don't love it. I acknowledge that. I'm not, you know, Pollyanna. Oh, everything. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that be realistic. Some things do suck. <laughs> it is <Yeah. laughs> is the reality and always there's always learning in it always be grateful for yeah I don't like this it doesn't feel great but I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to learn to become something more to become someone who can accomplish what I want love it 
Um, any final points before we close off? I don't think so. I want to thank you. I've really enjoyed this. I like the way that your mind works and the questions that you asked and it was really good. Thank you very much. It's always nice as well to speak to a fellow coach and, you know, bouncing off ideas. And as we said, or as I said, rather, I've learned some stuff from you that, you know, I'm going to think over over the next probably week or so, because it takes time, doesn't it, for new ideas and information to permeate. And again, you'll notice yourself, sometimes you have a thought and it's not for three or four days that the answer comes to you out of the blue. Yes. And it's so strange. It's like you've you've put this idea into or your question into your head and it's taken a bit of time for your subconscious to work out what the answer is. And when the answer comes, you know that's the right answer. You you just know it. You don't need to do any scientific tests or anything. You just know that's the right answer and you act on it and it turns out okay. And even if it doesn't, as we said, you've learned something from it and you you adjust the sale. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Yeah, so if you're stuck on anything, distract, let it go. Ask yourself the question, let it go, distract yourself. You're out to your point, your unconscious mind will be working on it while you're off doing something else and it'll pop into your mind. But to keep sitting there trying to think, to think your way through it on a conscious level is never the answer. Because to your point, then a lot of times it's even the wrong answer. Yeah, it's that, not, yeah, that it's not, if you're working at it, right? Yeah, I heard something from Alan Watts the other day, actually. He said a lot of people try to force stuff. You know, you, as a male, you can't force an erection. I know it's not the best analogy, but that's what he said. It's like it has to be natural and relaxed and it's got to be, you know, you've got to go with the flow. And the same with a woman. You can't force an orgasm. It's you. Have, it has to be the right flow. And it's the same as what you're saying. You can't sit there and think about what sometimes just ask, go with the flow and the waves come back and and hit the shore and hopefully you're you're there with your bucket and spade ready to dig up the remnants yeah absolutely absolutely well thanks again for being on the show Brooke. it's been it's been fascinating um and yeah hopefully people will reach out to you with your coaching and the book that comes out later in the the year um the event in november and also the mentorships groups that you've got as well thank you so much have a great day you too